Out of Tunzilla Files, welcome to another episode of Escaping the Cave, escapingthecave.com. Tunzillax.com is my other website. This is episode number 80. Is that like a significant thing? 80 episodes? Took long enough to get here. Another 10 days, I guess, between 79 and 80. Not for lack of want. Or maybe it was. <laughs> Hope you're good. It's May 19th, 2020. Tomorrow's a big day for me, the anniversary of the beginning of my traveling back in 2008. It's almost like a holiday for me. I mark May 20th every single year. Very fond memories of uh, 12 years ago tomorrow. Wow. it's good stuff. Anyway, hope you're doing well. Everything seems to uh, be opening up just a little bit, slowly, right? You've been out, been shopping. Have you gone out and done your consumerist duty yet? I have, a couple times. Got a little more on this coming up a little bit later, but I think that's good for you. I really do. I think it's good to get out and uh, I don't know what you're going to buy, but I did and I felt good. (laughs) I don't know if it's a sem- like, like a semblance of normalcy. I don't know. I'm not quite 100% sure if that's it. If just getting out of the house and doing something or being able to get out of the house and being able to do something to, to make us feel like we're back to where we should be. I think shopping, the ability to go out and purchase something in person. I went to GNC the other day. Uh, if you've never seen me, I'm buff. I work out. But I went over there yesterday, uh, two days ago. I thought they were doing curbside. And I called over there because I figured I would want to, you know, place an order, have it ready when I got there so I could either pay for it, you know, over the phone or pay for it when I got there, not to make it a, a big production, not to have to wait around. The guy's like, yeah, you're more than welcome to come on inside if you want to. And I'm like, whoa, party. And I actually said that to him. He's like, what a party. Woo, I'll do that. I walk into the GNC here in uh, West Michigan. The guy's not wearing a mask. I forgot my mask in the car. See, I'm not a, I'm not a, an experienced mask wearer. I didn't think to, to make sure that I had it on me when I got out of the car. So I walk in. I'm digging through my pockets like, oh, damn it. I walk in. And the guy's behind the counter. He's not wearing his mask. And I look at him like, dude, I forgot my mask. Is it cool that I come in here without my mask? He's like, it's totally cool if you come in without your mask. I'm... Totally hot in this thing. It was about 72 degrees. Nice, beautiful spring day Saturday. And I was like, all right, cool. This guy's young. He looks like he's about 23 or so. Whatever. I figure I've already had this virus by now. If I'm going to get it, I've already gotten it, and I probably fought it off. At least I hope that's the case. In that moment, as I went in to get my case in protein, I didn't care. Admittedly. I didn't care. I was just happy to be doing something that was not being affected uh, by this virus. It took me a while to find out what I was looking for. They had moved it. I didn't mind. I didn't mind at all. It felt good to walk around looking for something on the shelves. I don't know where this is. Normally, I think six months ago, I'd be like, why the hell did you move my stuff? (laughs) Not this weekend. Like, oh, no, look around, look around. Oh, wow, that's kind of neat. Guy comes over. He's like, can I help you find something? Yes, I would like to purchase your GNC brand casein protein, por favor. 
<laughs> walks me right over to it. I'm like, all right. And I reached down and I picked it up off the shelf myself with my own two hands. <laughs> I felt like like a 12-year-old going to the store and buying something by himself for the very first time. Maybe a 9-year-old, maybe a 6-year-old. Apply your own age at will here, whatever you like. That is what I felt like. I walked it up to the counter, set it on the counter. He took it. He took it. He, he rang it up. He put it in the bag. No gloves. None whatsoever. I withdrew my debit card. I placed it into the machine. And I poked the buttons myself. No gloves. I did not disinfect first. <gasps> I withdrew my card, completed my purchase, and walked out like I had just bagged my first deer. It was great. Should I have been practicing more <laughs> socially responsible COVID, I don't know, precautions? Maybe. I didn't. Neither did he, and both of us seemed to be glad about it. I don't know what that says about he or I. Probably not much, but I think a lot of people, based on what I saw getting out about the last couple of weeks, I think a lot of people are going through the same thing. Just let me be normal. If I get it, I'll get it. It's cool. I'll take my chances just to feel like a complete human being once again. I saw a story earlier this week, and again, I don't want to get into this right now. I've got more on it coming up later on, but they say there's a wave, a wave, a mental health crisis wave that's going to hit us eventually. They think that uh, this, the lockdowns, the social distancing and all this stuff is, is having a huge psychological effect on people. I think it goes a little bit further than the social distancing. Screw it. Let's do it now. I think, and I wonder. I don't know. I'm not going to say I think. I'll say I wonder if this mental health crisis they're talking about, if the anxiety and uh, the mental strife that a lot of us are experiencing because of this has just as much to do with the fact that we are living in a consumerist society. We are born, bred, raised, and encouraged to be efficient consumers. This is our civic duty, as George Carlin once said, shopping. This is how we define our lives. This is why we go to work. This is why we bring home a paycheck to provide, to shop, to consume, to forage for products, to keep the economy growing. We've not been able to do that. It's nice to go online. I like going online to Amazon and buying my stuff. I love having it show up at the door. I appreciate that service. It's not the same as going to the store, paying for your product, taking it out to your car, bringing it home, taking it out of the package, and enjoying the fruits of your labor, the fruits of your capitalist participation. We have not been able to do that. That, I think, I wonder, I'm suspicious. I think that's causing some psychological problems beyond just the social distancing because we are getting socialized. We have all the technology in the world here. My girlfriend's played multiple games via Zoom over the last few weeks. She goes to work every day, so she's not suffering too much as far as social uh, separation. But we have ways to stay in touch. I can't imagine 
that just not being physically in the presence of someone, I can understand if you're put off in a cell, solitary confinement cell, and you're not having any human contact whatsoever, that's different. I don't think that simply being sequestered off in these plushy little cages with television and video games and cell phones and contact with anyone on the globe with whom we have contact information, I don't think that's quite the same as solitary confinement. I think there's something else to this, and I think, I wonder, I do, if not being able to perform our conditioned consumerist civic duty is having a bigger effect on us than we realized. We're not trained to think, we're not conditioned to think that we're trained to be consumers. I mean, this could be an entire hour, two hour long episode talking about consumerism, talking about how we are bred into this system, how we are conditioned into it, how our status is tethered and connected to our stuff, the cars we drive, the houses we live in, the televisions we watch. It's all part of the status. It's all part of the identity. Collecting this stuff is attached to who we are and how we are seen and how we see ourselves within the society. <laughs> we can't go collect that stuff. It has to do something. Don't you think? Don't you think? I think. That's my theory. A young cowboy named Billy Joe grew restless on the farm. A boy filled with wonderlust who really meant no harm. He changed his clothes and shined his boots and combed his dark hair down. And his mother cried as he walked out. Don't take your guns to town, son Leave your guns at home, Bill Don't take your guns to town Lots of things going on here in Michigan as I move on. Capitol closed last week, state capitol. Not only because masked fanatics decided to take their guns to town, John. How's that go? Don't take your guns to town, John. Is it John? Whatever. They took their guns to town and went roaming around inside of the Capitol building. Literally, it, it was like they were stalking elected representatives. Because, you know, tyranny of the mask and everything that comes with it, <laughs> including not being able to go out and shop and not having our shops open so people could come in and fulfill their civic consumerist duty at our shops. I didn't connect that before I jotted this down, but yeah. Anyway, that's why they're there. Tyranny, tyranny, Gretchen Whitmer is Hitler. Oh my God, she has locked us down. We shall protest with our firearms. Anyway, all that. Leave your guns at home, Bill. Don't take your guns to town. At the state capitol, roaming around, stalking the legislators with firearms in tow. And then finally, last week, came the inevitable. You knew it was inevitable. They're always inevitable when you get in a situation like this, I think. The death threats against Governor Whitmer. And his mother's words echoed again. Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home, Bill. Don't take your guns to town. 
absolutely inevitable. You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. They knew it was coming. Somebody just finally balled up and did it. They decided to shut the Capitol down completely. I am not going to be part of the government today. I do not feel safe. And eventually some nut job from Detroit, apparently arrested since then, I admit they may be just idle threats. You know, something down the line of some kid calling into school, making a bomb threat at school because he doesn't want to go to P.E. class. Probably was something like that, more than likely. But you don't know, do you? You don't know. And some of the representatives, even before... The shutdown, before they decided to close everything up last week, decided they wanted they, they thought it was wise and smart to wear bulletproof vests in session. Our government, our representatives, are now wearing bulletproof vests in session. This is happening. Maybe you laugh. Oh, you don't have to. Why are you doing that? You don't have to worry about it. What would you do? Really? What would you do if you were a state representative? You had a bunch of frothing right-wing fanatics roaming the hallways of the Capitol with assault weapons on their shoulders, pistols on their in their holsters, walking around stalking the Capitol building, stalking the elected representatives. Would you perhaps look into wearing a bulletproof vest just in case? Would you feel safe? Would you feel like you were not being threatened and intimidated? That's the entire point of this, is to intimidate the government. Don't go too far or we will take up arms against you. Here, look at our arms. It's an intimidation tactic. Explain it away all you want. You can rationalize it. You can jump through these rhetorical hoops all you want. What it boils down to is an intimidation tactic. Intimidating the state government with firearms in a pandemic. Ostensibly because you're protesting the lockdown. You're protesting the tyranny of the mask and the tyranny of the stay-at-home orders. What the hell does that have to do with firearms? Why are you taking your guns to town, John? Bill. It's Bill. Don't take your guns to town, Bill. No, it's not Bill. What is it? Anyway, whatever your name is, I'll ask you, Biff. Why are you taking your guns to town, Biff? To protest. In the midst of a pandemic, an unprecedented pandemic, why is this about guns? It's not about guns. It's about a pandemic. It's being made about guns. I have never been directly involved with any militia group. Uh, I've never seen them in action. I've never gone, you know, out on maneuvers with them while they go out and try to shoot squirrels, I guess. But there's a, a, a bizarre element of secrecy uh, surrounding our state's militias here in the state of Michigan, especially considering that they claim to be only upholding and protecting their, you know, solid constitutional and God-given rights. If that's the case, why the secrecy? Why do you operate in secrecy? Why do you keep your memberships so secret, so protected? Why are some of you 
Wearing Antifa-style masks. You look like Antifa with guns, some of you, at these protests. I ask this question of Antifa all the damn time. What are you doing that you would not want to be identified later on? What are you planning to do that would keep you from wanting to be identified? I ask the, and I'm sure I'll get some great, creative, wonderful responses to that. But if you don't think you're doing anything wrong or illegal, why not show your face? It's a valid question, one I'd like to have answered. I don't know if I've mentioned on this show yet. I've wanted to. I think I probably have. But identity politics has polluted the liberal coronavirus narrative. It has been for, for weeks now, probably since the end of March, middle of end of March. But it finally started to seep through a little bit. The 9-12 moment was done, if we ever really had one. But now it's time. We must bring identity politics into the fold. Unity via division comes to COVID. We're all in this together. But here's how my group, or some group I choose to activize for, advocate for, is more in it than the rest of us. I started a piece railing on that. I was typing it up. Quickly realized that I'd then have to point out that guns are bleeding over into COVID the same way so many liberal wedge-slash-pet issues are doing the same damn thing. It's universal. There's no good guy here. There's no good team to join. No good herd that's not shitting all over itself and tracking it into the living room. None. It's been the case in everything. This bleeding over. This is some foreshadowing. Perhaps for later on. But guns, the Second Amendment. Now take my guns. I'm going to take my guns to town. Gretchen. (laughs) Bleeding over into this now. You're protesting the mask. You're protesting the stay-at-home order. And you're bringing your gun issue into it. Either that, if you're not bringing the gun issue, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt here because if that's not the case, you're taking your guns to town to intimidate your government. I think it's illegal to make death threats or to point a gun at someone in this state. I think, unless they're on your property or something like that, I don't think you could just run around, walk into a store, look at a guy with a gun on your back, say, hey, I think you know what I want. I think you're going to give it to me. Huh. It's one of the two things. You're either playing the identity politics thing, your version of it, or you're using your firearms to intimidate your state representatives. And other people, I think, too. Which is it? Maybe it's an element of both. I'm with you guys. I've supported the Second Amendment nuts for a lot of different reasons. Practicality, also the, the, the track that this damn country's on. I do support the Second Amendment. You're batshit. You're going off the same deep end of the fucking cliff, falling into this abyss in the middle of batshit ocean. That Antifa and the far left is. I didn't think, of course, I thought it was possible. I hoped it wasn't possible that Donald Trump was the end of this. But you know what? That's not even, <laughs> that's not even genuine. I knew it wasn't. There is no end to this. The extremism doesn't end. It doesn't have a fence. 
You can't go to a certain point in your extremist views and say, oh, I think this is as far as I can go with it. You can't do that. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And in our case, it's bilateral. The one affects the other via agitation. So how do you expect the lefties now, as you're taking your guns to town, toting along your AR-14 or 15 or whatever the fuck it is, taking to the state fucking capital, intimidating your state representatives with firearms, how do you think the far left is going to react? I know I don't give a fuck how they react. America, I know you don't give a fuck, but that's the problem because they're going to take things further to the left just to fuck with you in the same way, and then what do you got? Then you're going to react to them, and pretty soon, pretty fucking soon, where are we? There's no real need for this. You want it. You're manufacturing the outrage. All of you are manufacturing the fucking outrage. You're going into your stupid little fucking echo chambers. These virtual little uh, projections of the matrix. Lathering each other up. Oh my God. Into this fanatical, frothing, batshittery. Going out and finding examples of other people who happily provide further agitation for you to use as some sort of psychological enema and intoxicant. And you further widen the chasm that is separating one half of the country from the other and making them hate each other. A country cannot survive that way. It will collapse upon itself in some violent heap of destruction. There's lots and lots of precedent here. But hey, it feels good, right? You got your herd there. Moo! Oh, guns, moo! Antifa's got their herd out there in Portland beating the shit out of elderly Trump supporters because, oh my God, they had the gall to vote for Trump. Let's beat him with a brick. He's only 65. He's fine. He'll heal. <sighs> I have given as much as I can, as much background as is necessary to explain this, how it's being exploited, how that back door, that, that hole in the cognitive firewall, that emotional hole in your cognition, your ego... Your identity, self-righteousness, in-group supremacy, all that. I have given plenty of information on how this is being exploited, and I see no indication that anybody gives a rat's ass. They pretend and will give lip service to it. Oh, you're right, Todd. <laughs> Leave them alone for a week, they're right back at it. I made the mistake of going off the reservation this week. I decided I'd check on some people who, when I executed my great purge a couple of weeks ago, acted all thoughtful. Oh, I'm going to miss your stuff, Todd. I really think your posts are insightful. The, the stupidity has grown even more. And this is not limited. This isn't limited to conservatives. This isn't limited to Trump voters. Saw one this week talking about, well, if, if, if you value human life more than... Then uh, how did how did it go? I got to get this right. If you value profits and money more than you value human life, you change the system. 
It's like this guy thought he was posting Plato in meme form. Holy shit. Is that the depth and the complexity that you're capable of? Is that, that, is that all you got? Some sort of a commandment or, or scriptural dispatch via meme. I shouldn't have done that. I knew better. I knew better. I knew better than go off the reservation. I blocked these people, quit following them for a fucking reason. I know who and what they are despite the proclamations when they're trying to, I don't, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. When they're talking to me privately, they pretend that they have left the herd. Maybe they have temporarily. I don't know. And quite frankly, practically and functionally speaking, I don't care because it doesn't matter. Nothing changes. Nothing is going to change here. I've talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about trying to offer or walk the empathetic path. Trying to find reasons to believe in people and try to understand people. And I found millions of them. They're all there. They do not matter because you collectively do not care. You don't. You want the fight. You think the fight is going to be some noble, righteous battle against, I don't know, fucking evil. Like you're some fucking angel descending from political heaven to do battle against the great Satan. And you think it's going to be clean, apparently. You have no idea. You have no idea what this is going to mean. You won't even have any idea once the bullets start flying and heads start exploding, I don't know, up in Lansing at some point when one of you fucks decide that death threats aren't enough. And you just happen to be there with your righteous firearm. You won't even care then. Because the rest of us, except for the people who actually see it happen, the rest of the country will only see it on television. We'll only see the coverage. And we've been so fucking conditioned with so many school shootings, so much death, so much senseless violence in this country the last 20, 30 years. That when that starts happening, you're going to be like, yeah, we got them. Woo! Like it's a fucking reality show. It will not register in your damn brains that this is real until it comes home. And somebody you know is victim of that or maybe perpetrates it. Maybe that'll drill it through your fucking skull. Huh? Will that do it? If somebody you know gets shot or blown up, will that finally make this real to you? Is there anything that will? Do you think this is going to be like a video game? Are you playing Call of Duty here? I don't even know that that's the worst case scenario. It may get to that point. Honestly, it probably won't stay there because the government, the government, even Trump's government isn't going to let it stay there. Any government, the state government, the governors, first off, will probably use the National Guard to crush you, send you back into the woods to hunt Bambi. 
But either way, if it gets too far out of control, the government will crack down. And then instead of the tyranny of the mask, you've literally got tyranny. They have got to keep you in your homes. They've got to, they've got to control the rampaging herd. Because there are too many interests, too many financial interests at stake to let you do what you want. To let you fight the righteous holy battle you feel you've been born for. To gird the loins and get out there and fight for justice and freedom or whatever the fuck it is you think you're fighting for. As you slaughter your countrymen. This can't end well. This isn't going to go the way you fucking think it is. I've said it a hundred times. Probably literally a hundred times on this podcast. Even if you win. Even if you have your day of righteous victory upon the ideological battlefield at some point. Woo! On that day, what do you plan to do with the rest of the country? The other half of the country that doesn't want you or your ideology to be the standard and the status quo in this country. What do you do with them? Whatever your answer is, if it doesn't include the word compromise, you become the fucking tyrant. I don't care. Well, our tyrant will be in charge. Woo! Then you're a good Nazi, aren't you? You're a good party Nazi back in 1942. Who themselves wasn't living? They weren't living under tyranny in 1942. They didn't see Hitler and Hess and Goebbels, Gehring. They didn't see them as the tyrants. No, because they were on their team. Do you see how this works? And I'm not speaking to one side here. The same goes for the other. What I just exactly, what I just said applies to both of you if you don't figure out how to incorporate the C word into your vocabulary without it being uh, more of a cuss word than cunt. That's where this is headed. One of two ways. Tyranny of the victor or the state comes crashing down upon all of us. If you can't figure out how to talk to each other, and if you can't figure out how to take responsibility and control of your own fucking minds, quit being provoked, agitated, exploited. Try to figure out how to curate the information you're getting and cut the propaganda fat off of it. It's possible. Get to the facts. The best you can. You can't depend on agenda. You can't depend on second, third, fourth hand information and how it's presented to you because it's always, always, always going to be attached to one agenda or the other. And neither of these are in your interest. They are fighting for control of your mind. And God damn it, for the life, you are making it so easy for them to do. Effortless. You believe anything. Anything. I'm not even off page one, and I've got like 15 fucking pages here. <laughs> you know, Michigan's the epicenter. I'm convinced. I'm pretty sure. Michigan is the epicenter. Whatever happens here, 
It's going to begin in this state. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a front row seat to the beginning of my own prophecy. Oh, one other thing, uh, you super patriots out there who are marching with your guns on the state capitol. Restaurants and bars are opening up this weekend here in parts of the state. Memorial Day weekend. Whitmer decided that, yeah, okay, we'll open up some bars and restaurants in some of the lesser infected, lesser affected areas. Last week, she was Hitler. What's going on this week? Is Whitmer being embraced now by these newly liberated Trump supporters, the rural guys, and thanked for letting us go out and shop and eat and drink? Or is she being slandered by the loyal liberals now? Maybe as a science denier, oh, you can't let them out. Oh, my God, no. Maybe she's a sellout. Maybe she's a coward to the liberals. How is this working here? I mean, that's what they're doing to so many of these enemy governors in various places around the country. Lambasting them as science deniers or Trump blowers or whatever the hell it is because they are deciding to open up. You can't do it. Oh, my God, it's going to be the apocalypse. Is it? Is it? Are you sure about that? How's that? I mean, are the liberals, have they turned on Gretchen now because they've gone against the principle? (laughs) Of course not. In a country hopelessly trying to function, devoid, devoid of the concept, even the very concept of external truth does not work that way. It's all team. It's all post hoc fuckery. <sighs> Uncle. Your servant here, he has been told to say it clear, to say it out of Michigan, but down that same line, I read a headline earlier today about how Florida and Georgia are apparently, presumably, seeing fewer cases in their states since reopening. Florida and Georgia, cases presumably dropping. Now, take it for what it's worth, I did not read the article, I did not dive into Yahoo's Pulitzer Prize winning writing, absolutely did not do that. That was the headline. Well, I constantly read the shrieks and the cries, people lamenting Trump supporters and their refusal to accept the apocalyptic gravity of the situation here and around the country. Let's consider just for a moment the photo negative, shall we? I cannot help but wonder how many folks who have tied their very identities to the reopening reality show have tied their identities to that reality show's outcome. Can't help but wonder how after months of these public prognostications and predictions and team preachings, 
How many are going to be just as unable to see the reality if it proves to be something short of a viral doomsday? How many of these proselytes are silently urging this fucking virus to kill more people, rooting for the virus just so they can appear smart and say, ha, 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 I told you so. Told you, ha, ha. Die, fuckers. I want to be right. How many people are doing that? Now, I know you. You personally, you're virtuous. You would never do something like that in the privacy of your own mind, would you? No, of course not. I understand. Color me a little skeptical of that, though, huh? That's what this fucking country's descended into. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't want a blanket statement, blah, 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 put the fucking woke disclaimer here, whatever. I don't want to judge everybody based on that standard. And I won't. Perhaps you don't do that. If, if that's the case, I commend you personally. <laughs> a lot of people do, and you know it. Regardless, anyway, it doesn't matter. The forthcoming post-hoc denial spin festival is going to be something to behold. To behold, it doesn't matter which side it comes from. Kills a bunch of people. Well, people who are kneeling in fealty to Donald Trump will be post-hoc rationalizing that away. And if it doesn't kill that many people, if it starts to wane, starts to clear up, starts to fade away a little bit, like a lot of these viruses do sometimes, if that happens, well, how is that going to sound come from the left? How's their post hoc bullshit going to sound when they have to actually say, eh, Trump might have been right about this? <sighs> Donald Trump doesn't say I'm wrong. People criticize him for, for that all the time. <laughs> you won't say he's right either. I said a long time ago, now, probably a month ago, that uh, I don't know. I'm doing that in quotes. I don't know is the wisest stance you can take right now because despite hours of socially distanced internet and cable news research, you don't know, Dick, about how this is going to play out. Neither do I. None of us do. We can't. We simply can't know. We can't even tell if the increase or decrease that we're seeing, the new numbers coming out every single day, every single week, we can't tell what that's attributable to. It could be 100% could be due to testing more people. If you have more numbers, higher numbers being, high raw numbers being replaced in conjunction with higher testing numbers, uh, do you see how this works? You don't know. We do not know. We have no way of knowing that because the testing wasn't done properly in the first place. We have no baseline. None. Completely dependent upon how the data spun and how neatly it fits into what we already believe. There's the quotes again. Believe. All you can do is read secondhand politically polluted public health musings. Listen to it. Work yourself into a frothing, agitated lather as a result of it because you're getting your information about how they are fucking everything up and how they're evil. And then let out an orgasmic howl with one pack or the other. Crying with the pack. Crying with the pack. <clears throat> it's all we can do. None of us have the information. None of us have the experience. None of us have anything other than tainted information. Spun information. 
None of us know anything. Don't, get, don't expect the media to tell you that. And they have a vested interest, a financial, a vested financial interest in giving you what you want. That's it. The best thing you can do right now, in my not-so-humble opinion, is turn off the national news. Shut it the fuck off. Get your local information. Here in West Michigan, our local news leaves a little bit to be desired. But it's infinitely more useful than anything that you're going to get from CNN, MSNBC, or Fox. They are the ones that are fucking with your head. At least your local outlets are applicable to you personally. It's going to be applicable to something that might actually affect you today. That's the best thing I think you could do. The man who knows nothing is closer to the truth than the man who believes falsehoods. You're not getting news from these national news outlets. They're fighting for your mind. They are fighting for your votes. They are fighting for an ideology, one or the other. The fact that you can't go watch another network, like if you watch MSNBC or CNN, you won't go watch Fox because you can't. You see their bullshit. The same thing happens to the Fox viewer when they come over and watch your shit. If you can separate just a little bit, detach just a little bit, that screams volumes as to the state of the media these days. It is a tug of war. People always talk about how Fox News... Is state-run media, Trump TV. And then the other side always talks about how MSNBC should be MSDNC. You're both right. You're both fucking right. Look each other in the eye, shake hands, and say, hey, we were right. Don't get into the, the weeds about my side's right and your side's wrong. No, no, your side's just as wrong. You don't have to do that. Just shake hands and say, whoops. Sorry. Hey, let's go watch, uh, I don't know, Wood TV. WILX up there in Lansing. Fuck CNN. Fuck MSNBC. Go back to the four-letter channels. We got Wood TV, WILX, WLNS, four letters. Get away from the threes unless you're in like some city that has like a three-letter fucking television station, a local station. Get back to the local news. Turn off Wolf. Don't let him blitz you any longer. Get rid of Hannity. He's not giving you the straight answers either. None of them are. They're there to put ideological slop in the trough so you will come and feed on it while watching some pharmaceutical commercial. Get back to your local networks. The best thing you can do, I have done this. I know it doesn't sound that way. (laughs) <laughs> I saw, I am agitated today. This is the most I've been agitated. Mm, I know why. Well, this is the most I've been agitated as far as COVID goes, weeks. And it's because I started paying attention. It's, it's because I, I went off the, the social media reservation and decided to go see what you fuckers were up to. Oops. And I flipped on CNN. And then this weekend, this weekend, oh, I have more on this coming up. Did you watch the... Uh, the graduate thing, graduate together, hashtag, oh, it's on all the major networks, all the major national networks this weekend. 
pretty much, I think, commercial-free. There was one commercial that we saw. We were watching NBC, and they cut in like where they shouldn't have played a commercial break. But it looked like it was one hour, a one-hour block on every single national news network in prime time on Saturday, and it was commercial-free. Who the fuck paid for this? I have an answer for you coming up. That really set me off this weekend. Where the hell was I? I have more on this. Oh, yeah, I've got one other reason to humbly. <laughs> That's for you folks who I've engaged with on Facebook here and there. Humbly accept your forest through the trees COVID ignorance. That's what it is. We're ignorant to the stuff we do not know. Doesn't mean we're stupid. It means we don't know. That's what ignorance means. In the dictionary, anyway, we're ignorant of the facts. The facts are going to become apparent, though, all too soon. Death is not an abstract thing. Death is the most real thing in our lives. Death. Even more real than taxes. Death can be quantified. Death will be quantified eventually. We will know the impact of how this was handled soon enough. Now, yes, it's going to be spun to, to hell. Like a goddamn tornado. Of course it will be. But we will know all of this soon enough. Just relax. Watch it happen. Detach. Separate from the outcome. You can't control it anyway, and you don't know where it's going because you do not have enough information. Just watch the reality show without becoming attached to the characters. The script. Soon enough, probably in a matter of weeks, we're going to know where this is headed. Right now, nobody has any idea. I do want to talk about Donald Trump as I move on. I'm not going to get to most of what I have here. <laughs> it always happens. Apparently, I had something pent up today. Ah, thank you. Thank you for being my toilet. <clears throat> Donald Trump says he's taking uh, hydrochloroxacine. Oh, God damn it. I screwed it up. Hydrochloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. 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 <laughs> you know what I put here? It's right here. I hate that I can pronounce and spell that now. Hyd hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. God damn it. I could say it earlier. It's because this fucking thing's on. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> I hate that I can both pronounce and spell that now. Anyway, <laughs> he says he's taking it. I found that really odd. This did most of the country. Here's the thing. I don't believe him. I don't think he's taking that at all. No, I think he randomly improvises. I think he goes on stage and randomly pulls shit out of his butt, which is in his skull, by the way. You can almost see it on his face. If you pay attention, go back and watch some of these things. Go back and watch like the thing in March where he said that the, the, the country was going to reopen on Easter. The bleach thing and this thing. You can kind of see something with his facial features that indicate he has made a choice to go down fucktard row. You can see it in the moment. If you know what to look for, it's like, oh shit, here it comes. But go back and look at those clips. I'll bet you you can see it. And I think that's exactly what happened here. Idea popped into his head, and he just decided to fucking say it. Well, I'm taking it. 
Again, I'm convinced that's what happened with this whole America will resurrect on Easter thing. Pretty sure he just blurted that out to see what would happen. Sort of like throwing shit at the wall. See what people would say. And then since he's physically incapable of publicly walking anything back, he's never truly held accountable by the people who actually matter, his base. He never pays a real price for spitballing policy ideas at what's essentially his podium-sized improv stage. He never pays a price for that. And people take him so damn seriously, like he's gone up there and thought all of this out in a rational way. Hmm, I think I'll sit here and I'll, I'll think about this. Yes, I think that opening the country upon Easter would be a wise thing to do, not only for the symbolism, because it's a wise policy. Ha <laughs> ha! I have put seven hours of thought into this. I think I will take it out and announce it to the American people tomorrow. No, he doesn't do that. It just pops into his fucking head, and then his staff has to do damage control. Don't take everything he says so goddamn seriously. I think I think there may be an element, too. There may possibly be an element where he just wants to poke and prod the media. He just wants to get them riled the fuck up and watch them spin. It's like throwing a, throwing a piece of meat at a dog. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. As far as the uh, hydroxychloroquine. Quinn. Really irritates me. I can't say that on this microphone. (sighs) Yeah, I think the same thing also happened when he told the country that drinking or injecting disinfectant might cure them. I think that's it. I think he just started, he probably did, probably heard it somewhere, wanted something to say, blah, 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 drink Clorox. (laughs) He never said drink Clorox, but yeah. It's this version of riffing on stage. That's it. He can't walk it back. He can't physically walk it back. It's not a good idea for him to walk it back anyway. I understand. Logically and rationally, I do understand why he never walks anything back. I do. I, I, I need to get to that at some point. But rather than doing that, because he can't, he just gaslights those, those people, part of the country, who choose to be gaslighted. Okay. It's like Bill Cosby drugging an adoring fan who wants to be drugged. Oh, thank you. Take me, Bill. Take me. Fucking universe are we living in? I should be king. God help you if that ever happens. Anyway, I think the same thing happened again this week with the drug. I think he randomly came up with the idea to personally endorse hydroxychloroquine as the official snake oil of the office of president. I think he did it on the fly, off the cuff, and right there in that moment. I think he decided to do that. Now, do I hope that he's taking an unproven, largely discredited, and potentially dangerous drug? Discredited, at least as it applies to coronavirus? Just in case, because he's uh, likely been exposed to this. Well, kind of. I kind of do hope he's taken that. <laughs> Calm down. I am not the only one who's had perhaps some euphoric dreams about, semi-euphoric dreams, about how President Mike Pence ends this chapter of our increasingly dystopian national epic. 
I would be encouraging Mr. Trump to take that drug if I were near him. Yeah, I think it'll work. Try doubling the dosage. See if that helps. Then you'll be twice as cured, Prez. (laughs) You'll be three times as protected if you triple the dose, Prez. Again, that's probably why. It's one reason among many that I am not on staff at the White House. But I'm just being honest here. And if you're being honest, too, you've had those thoughts as well. Unless you're in that camp, in that cult compound over there. A lot of us have, I know it, a lot of us have had those pleasant warm dreams. Let's let this take care of itself. It's too convenient to happen. It's not going to happen. There is no God. This has proven it. But I'll cop to that. And now, do I think he's actually taking it? Absolutely not. I don't think so at all. So if that's the case, you have to ask yourself, Todd, that's what I call myself as Todd. I said, Todd, I call myself self. I screwed this all up. Just run with it. I ask myself, <laughs> why would he say something like that? Why would it, what, 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 what would be the motivation for him to go off Improving and say, I'm taking hydroxy, chloroquine, chloroquine, fuck, chloroquine, <laughs> hydroxychloroquine. I hope I'm not still screwing it up. What would be his motivation for doing that? Other than to throw the media into ADD fits, giving them some new outrage to chase. Why? Well, let's just say that if I knew a good investigative reporter, If I knew one, I don't know one, but if I did know one, if I knew where I could find one, if I had the money, the resources, the means, and the know-how to hire a world-class team of investigative reporters, I would ask them to investigate all of Donald Trump's family and his personal associates, each and every one of them, investigate their financial relationships with rising pharmaceuticals, there's one, and whomever else manufactures this drug. He sounds like a damn pitch man. He sounds like a snake oil salesman. What's his, what's his, where is his dog in this fight? Why? It's discredited as it pertains to coronavirus. It's proven dangerous. People have died from taking this. Why is he still humping it? (laughs) Why? Well... The hard-on he has for this drug is supernaturally rigid for a man of his age. Doesn't make sense. It defies common sense and logic. There's a reason for this. Investigate his financial ties to the pharmaceutical companies that manufactured that drug for the love of God, please. I searched for uh, hydro... hydroxychloroquine manufacturers (laughs) earlier today. God, I'm so embarrassed. I searched for it. I found a BuzzFeed article linking a piece from the New York Times claiming that Trump had a minor financial interest in one of the manufacturers. This was from early April. I think it was around April 9th. And considering that it is not a hot outrage story, and in fact that I had never heard of this, makes its veracity dubious at best. Still, I'd like more digging done, por favor. Please go looking for this. This merits an investigation. If there were any inspector generals left, 
There's got to be a way to figure This makes no sense, even for him. It's downright suspicious, man. What else I got here? I was going to talk about the, uh, oh, well, we're going to get to that. Uh, by the way, here, I'll just uh, nut thumbnail this for you. Air pollution, not down. Okay? Remember how they were saying, oh, the air's getting cleaner. Uh, go ahead and breathe. Uh, oh, it's so, oh, no cars. Uh, I'm woke. Remember that about uh, six weeks ago? Ain't true. Certain areas, maybe Los Angeles is getting a little cleaner. It was filthy to begin with. NPR story. Started to bunk that. Maybe a little bit, not so much. In fact, that's part of their headline. Not so much. NPR, go check it out. Feeling the pain. Taking a strike. So give it a beat, boy. Free my soul. I want to get lost in a rock and roll and drift away. One other thing I wanted to get to, this graduate together thing, hashtag, this woke youth recruitment video that aired over the weekend on Saturday. (laughs) An hour's worth of commercial free primetime programming, all the major networks, all the major national news networks, including Fox, by the way. (laughs) I had visions of Trump kicking puppy dogs while that thing was airing. I thought it was just going to be like, yay, students. And as soon as I started it, it took about two minutes to understand there was an agenda attached to this. A very, very woke agenda attached to this. And I, I noticed they had the little advertising, little marketing things, little bugs down there to hashtag this and go check out that XA or XR, whatever the hell it was, XQ. I think it was XQ. Whatever the organization was, I decided to do a little check. And I'm sitting there, I'm, a, I'm in my chair watching this abortion. It's terribly done, by the way. Terribly done. Absolutely terrible. Hated it. Hated it. Even without the agenda shit, it was just corny. It reminded me, we have these ads that air here in Michigan, these abstinence ads. Do yourself a favor. Save it for later. I don't know if that that airs anywhere else. The commercials are terrible. If I were a high school student and I saw this, I'd go fuck somebody just to spite that commercial. That's how bad these things are. That's what this whole thing reminded me of. It was just... Sappy, dumb, and self-congratulatory. Oh, you students, you've been through so much. You've, oh, you're growing up. Shut the fuck up. Stop it. You are not the new greatest generation because you didn't get to walk down the aisle at your graduation. Because you didn't get to see your fucking friends for the last, I don't know, month or six weeks of high school. You are not the greatest generation now. That's what it sounded like. You are the new saviors of the country. There's a reason. There's a reason for it. There's a reason that Arapahoe or whatever the hell her name is, the soccer player was on there with Barack Obama. And others. Other woke avatars. There's a reason. I talked about it earlier. Exploitation. 
And when it dawned on me, I, I decided I needed to go check out this organization. And sure enough, it was bought and largely paid for by what's almost literally, I'm not saying this too hyperbolically, a re-education group. That's edXQ or whatever the hell it is. And their main organization, they are sort of a, uh, they're, mm, a blanket company for somebody else. Or somebody else is a blanket company for them. However you want to look at it, Emerson Collective. I love the fact that it says collective in the name of the organization. Emerson Collective, that was founded by Steve Jobs' widow. Okay, this is their mission statement taken from their website. Emerson Collective is a social change organization focused on education, immigration reform, the environment, media and journalism, significantly, and health. Founded by Laureen Powell Jobs, the LLC uses philanthropy impact investing. That's an interesting phrase, impact investing. Is that like lobbying? Advocacy and community engagement. Community engagement as tools to spur change in the United States and abroad. It's a woke organization. And their schools... There are, I think, uh, I think they gave $10 million. I need, go, go double check my work on this, but check out the super schools. These are the folks behind them. We have one up in Grand Rapids. They're trying to reinvent education. This is why I call it a re-education group. I don't know a ton about them. I'm not going to say too much about this organization. I have had a couple of days to check and to be quite honest, the taste that that thing left in my mouth the other day I don't want to go look at them just yet because I'm not really going to be able to uh, authentically and accurately gauge what I'm seeing. But they're worth looking at because that was who was behind a multinational network, one-hour recruitment video, political recruitment video on all of the national networks in prime time last weekend. If you missed that, You should go check it out. You should at least see what's going on. I could see if maybe it was on Nickelodeon or MSNBC, even CNN. But the fact that it was simulcast on all five of those networks commercial-free, that is a hugely expensive, hugely expensive endeavor. Just to say, yay, grads? No. That was not why they invested that much money into that uh, program that aired this weekend. So yeah, that should have been titled A Woke Virtual Commencement. Woke being the operative word here. Personally, I felt filthy. I felt disgusting just for having seen it. I didn't feel warm and together and, and fuzzy about anything. I felt filthy. I felt as though I were being molested or that the kids were. That kids sitting at home being exploited who have no idea how this shit works, how this shit attaches to their identities and their egos, their sense of self-righteousness and hope and belief and all that other stuff. They have no idea how this works and how it exploits all that. That's why I felt filthy. I felt filthy for them. That was a pre-election propaganda assault. It's exactly what it was, a star-studded woke youth recruitment drive. 
And that pre-election propaganda assault has now reached new heights or lows, however you want to phrase it, however you want to look at highs, lows, whatever, in terms of exploiting narcissistic self-righteousness and in-group supremacy in order to fuse ego and identity to an ideology. Yeah, that was borderline molestation. Maybe not even borderline. That's right up there with Sunday school, man. Finally, I've been watching a course on the Black Death. I have a curious mind and a good subscription. And the lecture's been talking about uh, how during times of great upheaval, uh, great societal change, they occur. These are the times that great changes occur. We saw it after 9-11 a little bit. And we're going to see it once again in a similar way with greater loss of privacy in the name of public health. When all of this goes away, when all this recedes, and it will someday, sure, but we're not going to have the same privacy levels and privacy rights we had before. They're going to start tracking us. They've already got this in place via the devices, via our phones, via our technology, and they're going to do it in the name of public health. That doesn't bother some people. It bothers the shit out of me. And that noise is me drinking tea. I've switched from coffee to tea, by the way. I just whacked myself in the face. <laughs> this is a really good time, a very good time, particularly if you have kids being exposed to this. I'm never going to give you parenting advice, but consider it. All right? Consider cranking your exploitation detector up to its highest sensitivity setting. Crank that fucker now, between now and the end of the year. With everything that's going on right now, everything is up in the air. Everything, the new normal. (sighs) Nothing is right. Nothing is as it should be or as we're used to. These are times of change. These are the times when society tends to get thrown into the blender and something else comes out. It's also when the exploitation artists come out of the woodwork, the manipulators, the demagogues. You have got to be more cynical. You have got to be almost, almost cancerously cynical in order to protect yourself from this. I keep thinking, I know it's cliched. I don't know if I've mentioned Hitler. It's probably the second time I've mentioned Hitler in this episode. I should have a buzzer. Hitler alert. But 1920s, the 1920s in Germany made Hitler possible. It led to World War II, blah, 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 blah. It's the upheaval. It's the chaos. Not knowing which way is up. Not having a North Star anymore and having someone else set it for you. That's what creeped me out about that video this weekend. They are using this to attack and stoke young people's egos, their self-righteousness, their sense of supremacy, to fuse an identity to an ideology offering The illusion of all the answers. It's disgusting, but it happens. It happens with regularity during times like this. I think Jacques Ellul talked about how propaganda can can be used to exploit anxiety and chaos. I think that's a section in his book. I cannot help but wonder how this previously unimaginable level of data overload and the lack of any connection, let alone commitment, to external truth is going to make this situation exponentially worse. The technology. 
times like these have occurred before, not with this level of connectivity, not with this ability to stoke and poke and prod the herd collectively at will from anywhere on the globe. This is new to the human experience. To individually yet collectively poke and prod the herd. You have got to become more sophisticated informational consumers. This is a war for your mind. And it's not being waged virtuously. This isn't a fucking courtroom with rules of evidence. This is a circus with carnival barkers up and down the aisle here, up and down the rows. Who do you believe? Who do you decide to believe? Are you going to get your truth from the circus? Are you going to take that home? Well, I heard the carnival barker. I really like what the one third one down on the left had to say. I think I will drink some silver. I think it'll cure COVID. That's, it's the same thing. It's the same idea. I'll miss Jim Baker. I really will. That's a complete lie. Bye. You've got to do it. You've got to learn how to cut through this shit. We all do collectively. We're all going to get bit every now and then by it. I have. I've made it public. I've talked about it on this show. That was a huge moment for me. (laughs) If you can't cut through it, if you can't decipher it, if you're overwhelmed, cut it the fuck out of your life. Detach. More connectivity is not the answer. More information when you're confused is not the answer. You've got to desensitize your brain or resensitize your brain to the bullshit. The best way to do that, click. Turn the television off. Log off of social media. Just be. Let your mind breathe and become organic again. Then when you turn the television on after a period of time, after you're sufficiently detoxed, You'll be able to tell. You'll be able to see the hype. You'll be able to read things a little bit better. Right now, you're conditioned. Everything is normal. Everything like hitting you. Every single moment of every single day, you're used to it. You don't feel it detached for just a little while. I implore you, this is the perfect time to do it. You're not getting good information anyway. Detach. Detach from me if you have to. It's fine. I'm not getting paid for this anyway. I'm not going to lose your quarter of a cent for the download. If you need to, go. See how that happens. Just disconnect from the data streams. Television, internet, all of it. Get social media off your phone. That's the first, very first thing you ought to do. If you, if you need to be on social media, something, use your fucking computer. We did just fine with that for years. <sighs> Uh, Before Apple released the smartphone, put the app on there so they can ping you and you can ping everybody else anytime you want. Get it off. Delete those apps from your phone. Rely on your computer. After a while, get it off your computer as well. Just log off. See if you can do it. Do not turn on any news networks unless it's local, unless it's important, unless it applies directly to your life. Do that for a week or two. It might not even take that long. And then flip over to MSNBC or CNN or Fox. Watch what happens. I promise you, it's going to hit you 
like a lightning bolt. Oh my God. What the fuck? Ah! That's your normal state. That's where we should be. We've been conditioned to get used to it. It's not natural. It's not normal. And it's killing us. Data overload is going to make this situation exponentially worse. We have been here before as a people, as a species, through times of turmoil, other plagues and pandemics far worse than this one. Black Death killed half of Europe. 80% mortality rate or something like that. We've been through worse. We have not been through anything even remotely like this with this kind of data anarchy, this kind of informational anarchy attached to it. Crisscrossing the continent at the speed of light has never happened before. This is new. So yeah, that's what I saw the other night. As I was sitting there in my chair, watching what was essentially a pop culture-infused communitarian and re-education infomercial air on all the major networks, supposedly (laughs) in the name of a fucking graduation ceremony. That's not what that was. They were also trying desperately, desperately to recruit voters who never vote. That was the other half of this. They want you in the ideological war camp. They want your idea, your, your identity and your ego, your sense of righteousness, all the stuff that I've talked about. They want that fused and, and sort of identified with their ideology. But they also want you to come out and vote. I laughed at him. Hey, come out and vote for, for, for Biden. Obliquely, you know, slamming Trump, right or wrong. I found Obama's comments as funny as anybody. They were great. But trying to talk that group of people, that demographic, into voting this November? Ask Bernie how well that went. If Bernie couldn't hit the youth vote's political clit, those kids won't be coming out hard to vote for Joe Biden. Dementia Joe. One other thing. I got a kick out of lighting things up before I go. <laughs> Facebook. Have you seen the avatars? I seen them. I seen two or three of them and I saw an, a, a headline. Didn't read the article talking about how Facebook now has its avatars. I've talked about social media avatars repeatedly on this show. If you're a regular listener, you know <laughs> why I absolutely love that article. It's perfect. Which virtual cartoon best suits your digital brand? That's a rhetorical question. No need to answer. I am practicing the marketing art of engaging my community with questions. Yet I don't want you to answer. Boom. EscapingTheCave.com. That's my website. ToddzillaX.com. It's another website of mine. No social media really to worry about. Technically a Twitter account. I don't use it. I post one podcast. Let people know it's there. That's it. I am officially self-sufficient this week. If you've updated those feeds, you're here. If you haven't, you're not hearing. <laughs> no. Long episode today. A little intense. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with another one soon enough. Till then, so long.